The Asian Boxing Podcast, Scott and Colin, AsianBoxing.info. It's Monster Week, Scott. It's finally here. It feels like it's taken forever. Um, whatever the WBSS have done in the last few months has finally, uh, finally let us here. And yay, oh, bloody time. There's a lot we have to talk about uh, regarding this week. Now you know you're getting back in the ring, but... Before that, let's go back to last week. A couple of big title fights. One that was short, one that went the distance. Let's start with the short one. Uh, Kurihara versus Perinas. This was a mismatch, and that is putting it uh, lightly. It always looked like being a shootout. You had two guys who like to punch. Uh, Kita Kurihara and Walita Perinas both have really high knockout rates. They're both aggressive. Perinas actually gave Ryoichi Funai a really tough test last year and got blitzed in 35 seconds by Kurihara in what is an RPBF bantamweight title record. Really talked too much about a 35-second fight, I'm afraid. No, uh, pretty quick. And for Perinas, is this the end of his career? He did announce that he was retiring afterwards, which sounds good, except he realized this is like the third time he's done that in the last 24 months. So it took him a couple times, but eventually he was like, yeah, I just can't keep up with these young kids anymore. Until he makes an, another comeback and suffers another early loss, I'm afraid. Isn't that just the nature of fighters, though? They want to get in the ring. They like it. They love it. It's their passion. So I understand you don't want to go away from it, but health is definitely a concern. What is next for Curry Hara after getting this Bantamweight title? Um, this is his first defense of the belt, so I imagine he's probably going to defend it in a couple of times. Maybe a rematch with Yuki Strong Kobayashi, who he beat for the belt last year, or Ben Mananquil, or one of the other sort of regional bantamweights. There's lots of them. There's a lot of really interesting bouts that could be made. So he's not going to run out of options anytime soon, and he's still very young, very you know exciting, developing, and hopefully another good fight around the corner. So that was the fast fight. We saw an excellent scrap for free. And this one, uh, it went, it did go all 12 rounds. And you got to see a legend in Muflane win. But we saw an excellent effort from Masayuki Kuroda. This was, of course, for the IBF flyweight title. That was a mandatory for the title, like you said. And Kuroda really just fought his heart out. He was expected to get beat. He was expected to get beat very easily and... He lived to his name being the last samurai and refused to go out without, you know, leaning on his own sword. And he was a bloody swan being pulled by the end of the 12 rounds and still refused to back off. Amazing fight. And it's just a shame that TVK haven't yet made it up for replay. Hopefully they will do in the next few days. I mean, we could pull up the tape from last week. Even you were like, yeah, there is no way that he comes out with a victory. Of course, he didn't get the victory. But it was a lot closer than expected, and I like that Kuroda brought the fight to Muthlane. I mean, he if he had just stayed back and tried to play it safe, Muthlane would, would have just picked him off. Instead, he went to the body very well and, uh, you know, kept active throughout all 12 rounds. Unfortunately, Muthlane just is that good. Completely. Muthlane would have just boxed, him, boxed his socks off. Kuroda, although not the most technically talented or the most powerful, he just gave everything. He not fought on his display there. It was, it was something really gutsy and brave and fantastic by him. 
Well, we've seen it a couple times uh, this year, actually, from challengers. Uh, we got to see Funai and Inoue, uh, the light welter or super welterweight uh, challenger, go up against guys that they were outclassed against. And although they didn't do as well, at least we, we've seen toughness from Japanese fighters and at least giving Japanese fighters a name that you know when they get in that ring, they might not be the most skilled but they're going to go out on their sword and they're going to make an exciting fight. Completely. There, there is this stereotype that Japanese fighters are just tough, but in the case of Kuroda in any way, they showed more than just toughness. They showed real ambition and it beats bringing over someone who's just there to lose and assumes the position of the loser. They've actually come to win. They've come for the upset. They've made fights exciting. They've chased down the much fancy champions. You can't fault them. And it was really cool because it was free. There were so many non-Japanese. I was looking up and down your Twitter uh, line or the Asian boxing Twitter handle, and you could just see all the people who were so excited about this fight. One, it was free, and two, it was uh, a good one. And that's what makes boxing great. I know it's a smaller weight class, but there were people that were genuinely excited about this one. Just to add, it was actually on a Monday as well, so this wasn't a weekend fight people were watching it on a monday they were getting up in the u.s to watch it they were perhaps skiving off work to watch it it was worth skiving off for, i guess as well yeah it woke me up i was half awake and when i saw the action that's what really got me out of out of the bed and um just my eyes opened up because it was a good one Mithlane, what's next for him i know he's thinking about unifying is tanaka possibly i know he talked about charlie edwards but gosh i would love to see him against tanaka Tanaka sounds like he's going to fight um, a mandatory in August against Jonathan Bomba Gonzalez from Puerto Rico. So that leaves the door open for Mithlane to chase Edwards. Then perhaps, maybe in December, that'd be the three-title unification belt. It'd be the big hit that CBC won. It'd take a lot of boxes, so Mithlane Edwards probably happens sometime in late summer. And then uh, Masayuki Kuroda, he took a beating I know he wants to get back in there. Uh, obviously, it'll probably be on the domestic scene. What? Where do you see him going next? I see him having a long rest. He, to be polite, got the shit punched out of him in the end. Um, <laughs> so there's options domestically. There's guys like Junto Nakatani, Ryuichi Taguchi, which would be really interesting. Must win belt with a pair of them. Perhaps one of the sort of Filipinos like Gimo Magramo. Or... Yeah, there's options there uh, domestically, regionally. Ryota Yamauchi would be a fantastic matchup. There's so many options out there, and given his performance, why retire? He, it's not like he fell over after the first punch. He gave a fantastic effort and showed he still has lots, of, lots left in his legs. Well, let's get to it, Scott. This week, World Boxing Super Series in Glasgow, right by you. I mean, you are. How far away are you? Are you like a train right away? A pretty long train ride. We looked at the prices on the train, and uh, they were they were pricier than expected. And are you going to be able to get out to the fight this weekend? Unfortunately, not. Uh, issues have come up, and they unfortunately didn't offer me a free ticket. Down the WBSS. Come on, they have to know that they're dealing with Asian Boxing Info. Even more so, the legend Scott. There's still loads of ringside tickets for sale, so. I don't know, they just mispromoted this one like they've done in the past. It's surprising how many tickets are still on sale. Surprising, really, really disappointing as well. 
it's ridiculous because you have a countryman, Josh Taylor, fighting in the co-main event. And he's one of the, the better super lightweights in the world right now. And they should have sold out already. Let's have two really, really good Scottish prospects on the card with the Peace McFadden and Lee McGregor. Damn alone should have should be able to sell quite a lot of tickets between those two. It's a really good card. Probably the best card that's coming to the UK. Is that presumptuous? In terms of the top two matchups, without a doubt. And in terms of the prospects on it, yeah, yeah, price it is. So in Noe Rodriguez, the big fight for not only the WBA regular. Uh, title, but also the IBF Bantamweight title and the Ring Magazine Bantamweight title. One versus three in terms of the Ring Magazine matchups. Uh, there's a lot riding on this fight, and we know that Japanese fighters, you had a good article on AsianBoxing.info about how Japanese fighters have literally never won a world title in Europe. The stat we got was 20, in, 20 defeats for the men. Well, if you got to look at the times, women have also been unsuccessful in Europe, and that includes some legends like Naoka Fujioka. They just can't win world title fights in Europe at all. Um, and it's not like they're sending out bad fighters. Akinobu Hiranaka and Yusuke Iwata both went on for success, so Inoue is looking to overturn a 51-year winless run for Japanese fighters. I understand, though, why Europe is so difficult, because... You have to travel far. The food's different. I know um, Mr. Ohashi was complaining about the Japanese food in in England. And there's a lot away from home. And usually Japanese fighters fight in Japan. So I understand why they've struggled in Europe. They've also strangely been overrepresented in some of the heavier weights. Like, I think they were not two in super middleweight title bouts and not in foreign middleweight bouts. It seems like Perhaps those numbers are swayed when you look at it in certain respects. The top divisions in Japan aren't really um, represented in those stats at all. Looking at Inoue Rodriguez, there's been a couple of things that have jumped up, popped up this week, including Rodriguez's trainer pushing Inoue's father. It's a strange one. Um, Yeah, really strange. It almost felt staged, if I'm being completely honest. It seemed like, let's raise the profile a little bit more. Let's try and build up a little bit more hype. The Dewey BSS uh, were very quick to release a press release on it. It didn't feel organic, should we say. If and you they, look have, at... they have the video on Twitter, so you can see it all. You're, I didn't really think of it like that. I was like, oh, that was just a little weird. Uh, he's just taking a photo, taking pictures, nothing, nothing crazy. I mean... Why Why would you go and push a man for, for doing that? It's not like they're showing anything at that media workout uh, that you can't see on YouTube or Twitter, um, anywhere else from another site. Yeah, it's not like he was anyone there with a the camera when people at iFilm London or uh, the DBSS themselves were pointing cameras there. Maybe I'm just a cynic. Maybe I'm just thinking... I mean, I was thinking cynically, but it did seem a little bit strange. And Although Mr. Ahashi hasn't just complained about the food, but he did complain about that as well. And I understand if there is anything else like that, the guy who did it will be removed from uh, the camp. The UWS have told the Japanese press that they won't accept things like that anymore. Obviously, it raises the stakes a little bit. Maybe people 
want to watch. But let's be quite honest. I think Inoue is just going to outclass Rodriguez. I know uh, Rodriguez wants to box him. He's a good counterpuncher, but he gets hit. In his fight against Maloney, he got hit. He gets hit like that against Inoue. It's not going to be a, a fun night for him. He didn't seem to like Maloney's body shots. Whilst Errol Spence and Sal Canelo Alvarez have very good body shots, I say Inoue is probably the best body punch in the sport right now. And yeah, if Maloney can body with body shots, Inoue can destroy you with them. Of course, Rodriguez, very good boxer, youth Olympic gold medalist. So this is not someone that Inoue is overlooking. And even in the press conference, you heard him. He's going to go in there and understand this is his toughest challenge yet. One of the better fighters at Bantamweight. But I still have Inoue by a lot in this fight. Yeah, it's weird. It seems like every Inoue fight is meant to be his toughest challenger yet. McDonald's supposed to be. Payano is supposed to be. And let's be completely honest. It's been a long time since we've actually seen him tested. I don't think Rodriguez is significantly better than Payano. I don't think he's better than Kona. I don't think he's a better challenger than Taguchi was. Rodriguez's career is built on was professional. A win over Maloney and a win over Paul Butler. Maybe he's better than he's shown, but those wins don't convince me he's going to be a great challenge. Now, for Inoue, there have been rumblings as well. After the World Boxing Super Series ends, assuming he wins it, and again, we don't want to jump to too many conclusions, he has to get by Rodriguez this Saturday. He also has to beat if he does, Nonito Donari in the championship. But if he gets past him, Top Rank reportedly is looking to sign him. Yeah, it seems like it would be very similar to the deal they have with Masayuki Ito, where they'd essentially be his U.S. promoter. They'd open the door to a U.S. market on ESPN. But Ohashi would still be the lead promoter and basically decide who he fights when. What needs to be remembered is he's got a clause in his Ohashi contract, which essentially states he can't fight poor opposition. So I think he requests similar with anything he did with Top Rank. And Top Rank, it's just good to be on there. I I know Bob Arum gets some hate, actually a lot of hate from boxing fans. But let's be honest, you can hate the guy, but he puts together some big fights. ESPN here in America is the biggest. I, I know DAZN is big for boxing, but ESPN you're going to get some eyes on you. And if Inoue wants to become an international star, I think it was actually, it's the best place for him to be. Quite probably. Um, the alternative is that he stayed a free agent and just worked where and when, but at least working with Bob Aaron would guarantee you slots on ESPN as opposed to, is my fight going to be shown here? Is my fight going to be shown there? So it is a good step. It seems like Aram is snapping up a lot of smaller weight talent. He's got Anka Haas and Ryan Burnett and the Maloney twins, and it's exciting in a way. It's also disappointing in a way. Aaron's reputation in the last few years and what he did with Anka Haas has not been great, if I'm being honest. I understand that Anka Haas hasn't been challenged as much as you would like, but hopefully Inoue just keeps the challenges coming and fights the best. Yeah, yeah. It's all you can ask the guy, and it's basically what he's tried through his career. You look at who he's fought already, and there's only been perhaps guys like Ricardo Rodriguez and Antonio Nieves who've really been disappointing and Rodriguez from incorrectly was a mandatory and Nieves was of course his US debut so it's hard to fault those two belts. What time is uh, the ring walk going to happen in England? It's something like half past nine I think or quarter past nine it's 
at night. So <laughs> it'll be dark and the Glaswegians will be drunk, which is always a fun <laughs> atmosphere. All right. Uh, what is your prediction for this one? Uh, I'm going with a new within six. I don't. What's the curse and the history would suggest Rodriguez can do it. And I'm going to think Inoue is going to take him out and punish him a bit like he did with McDonald. And it's going to be over a lot quicker than people are imagining. If he gets it done in six rounds with a nasty KO, I mean, he's big right now, but he's really going to explode on the scene. And his brand's going to get bigger, and he has to keep knocking guys out, which he understands. It certainly seems like he does want to leave an impression every time he fights. It's a bit like, I think we mentioned this with Kosa Tanaka and one or two others. When they fight, they want people to remember them. And that's not always the case with some fighters who are happy to get the win. But I think Inu is one of those who will want to mix them, especially if he's going to create history at the same time. I know it's not Asian boxing, but Taylor versus Berenchik. I mean, Russia is kind of kind of Asian. Um, I just wanted to get your quick thought on that fight. Who do you have in that one? I'm very intelligent on that one. I am. I think he's a classier fighter than Berinchik, although Berinchik's going to make it exciting. I think Taylor's movement and all-round boxing ability is going to be too much, which will lead to a really, really good final with Probra. Just an incredible World Boxing Super Series card. Taylor, Berinchik, Inoue, Rodriguez, and then a great undercard in Glasgow. I'm excited. I'm going to be watching DAZN, drinking some type of beverage, and um, it's going to be in the afternoon here, so... Uh, I don't know if I could have any alcoholic beverage. It's a little early for that. Never too early. <laughs> and then also this Saturday, we have more action besides the World Boxing Super Series. What else have we got, Scott? There's so much happening on Saturday. There's a card in Vietnam of all places and one in Taiwan. Well, they're not particularly big cards. The Taiwanese one will be streamed online by MOE Sports. It's nice to see more countries getting involved in sort of the whole boxing scene. I think the next few years is going to be a, see a boom in those countries, which is it's never a bad thing to see someone else coming onto the scene and making their way into the regional sort of picture. So I think that's going to be really fun. Also in Thailand, we'll see Naofong Shokshai take on former. You watch your language piece. there, buddy. It's terrible. He's actually the brother of Syrian Sorongusai, who was a really good super flyweight himself, and Naofong will be fighting Sunny Boy Jaro in. A really weird crossroads fight for both guys. Nawafong can't afford a loss, and Jaro, he's heading towards 40, and a win would potentially open up another big fight. But the the really big card on Saturday, other than the Louis VSS one, takes place at Corican Hall, and is headlined by the rematch between Ryoichi Tamura and Yusuku Kuga. That might end up being the gem of the weekend. It's It's got two men with really aggressive, exciting styles, and it should be an art war for 10 rounds. And this is a rematch. This is number two. It is. In the first bout, Kuga entered the Japanese Super Bantamweight champion and successfully defended against Tamura. Now it's Tamura entering as the champion and looking to avenge the loss and make his first defense. I think you're right. I think all our eyes right now are on Inoue, but this fight it might be a little bit more competitive and it, it probably could be the fight of the week. Could well be if it's not first set of the fight on Sunday. Uh, let's not forget about the Sunday fight. What's going on Sunday? Sunday we'll see Rhea Kanishi, a gutsy, determined little terrier, I guess we could describe him as, 
taking on IBF light flyweight champion Felix Alvarado in what, again, could be a standout, overlooked, underrated uh, matchup in Japan. Who do you think is going to win this one? Because I'm sure Alvarado's favored, but to me, this is a it's a toss-up. I think you've got to go with Alvarado. I think his power, his experience is too much, but Kenichi gave Kanazawa's hell, and I think he'll give Alvarado a tough bout. He just gets hit a bit too easily, and against Alvarado, that's always going to be a problem. Yeah, Alvarado, one of the best power punchers in the sport. People just don't know about him or talk about him because he's in light flyweight. But it's a, light flyweight's so stacked. It's so exciting. Of course, in Japan with Kyoguchi and Shiro, uh, it would be cool to see Konishi, you know, get into the mix and become a title holder. But I'm excited for that one. Again, that's going to be Sunday. How do you uh, how do we watch this fight? And nobody knows. As disappointing as that sounds, it's not being shown live anywhere. Uh, Kansai TV have got the rights to it and we'll show it on tape. We just don't know when. No love for the light flyweights ever. Even with stars like Shiro and, and Kaoguchi, who are, you know, I, I think pretty marketable. Light flyweight, just no love. Even in Japan. And Shokimura's fighting there soon as well. It's kind of like, God said, this is the division you should be. She's pumping everything into it's brilliant, it's wonderful, it's exciting. Stop ignoring the damn thing. I mean, historically, it's always been a great weight class, weight division for Japanese fighters. Yeah, you got guys like Yoko Kashik in there, even gone farther afield with Ezra in general. You've had Young Wu Yu and Jung Chang, and it's a division that gives us amazing fights. The guys are just aggressive, they, they have a nice combination between power and skill, even though the power fighters tend to get overlooked there there's so much talent it's a huge shame that we're not getting more of these bouts live it's upsetting but um i'm looking forward to at least watching it on tape delay on hopefully asianboxing.info but yeah this weekend is absolutely stacked with great fights i'm looking forward to it and then next week we have ito fighting you have kubo and shu fighting yeah, you mentioned Ito. Can I just mention that uh, Kokieto is also on that card? And for most Japanese, uh, most non-Japanese fans, it's probably going to be their first chance seeing Kokieto. But my God, he's fun to watch. So he's making uh, his debut in the United States. Yeah, he's fought in Thailand. He's fought in Mexico. He uh, he won a genuine fight of the year contending against Kompiat Popnuk in Thailand and. He also fought Arden Dial in a fight the year contender. He is probably going to get absolutely annihilated by Javier Cintron, but he's so much fun to watch. He's one of those, like, I'm just going to box you out. Big knockout ratio for a, a tall super flyweight. He's huge at flyweight. Tall at super flyweight. He would probably knock himself out shadow boxing. He's one of those wild, open, crazy guys, but so much fun to watch. We like we like crazy guys. Yeah, bring back Ikyang. Whatever happened to him? I I have no idea. He's gone. <laughs> He's exiled. But yep, this weekend, next weekend, a lot of good fights for the Asian boxing scene. It's asianboxing.info and the Asian Boxing Podcast. Check out our website. Go to our Twitter page. Asian boxing. You'll be able to see all the different stories, videos, um, the podcast, everything that you want is on Twitter as well. It's been Scott and Colin for the Asian boxing podcast. We'll talk to you next week. 